When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Pants Party. Terrace and Star, HD underscore Star. It is Ben Ross, Harmon Chillabrew, the man, the myth, the legend, Renboss23. How are you doing, my friend? How is how's your rosemary tree? Did it survive a, a whole year? Hell no. Oh my god. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. Of course not. No. Well, actually, funny. This isn't the reason why I died, but I had a good friend when I was in Arizona for, I was there for like 15 days, I think, 16 on the dot. I had, I gave, I got a copy of my key made and had my friend come in, uh, a very close friend of mine, college roommate at Iowa, come in and water my plants and just make sure, you know, things were okay in my apartment in Chicago. I get here one day early. I don't tell him just because I've my flight came in at like 11 p.m. and two of my plants are dead. Like, what, what do I do about? I mean, I don't care. They're, the, they're probably the two plants I care the least about. But it's like if I would have known you, if you were going to do a shitty job, just tell me, and I would have asked somebody else. Right? What is the yeah? What is the protocol? I mean, what's going to end up happening is I haven't seen him since he did it. I'm going to get drunk with him. I, I'm going to a wedding with him in a couple of weeks. Next Friday, I'm going to get drunk. And I'm going to tell him, hey, you killed two of my plants, motherfucker. And then I'll probably I'll tell his girlfriend, soon to be fiance, and she's going to slap him. And that'll be that. That's the right answer, I think. Now, I guess the question is, did he overwater them or simply oh, not bone, they were touch them at all? Bone dry. <laughs> bone dry. Bone dry because, yeah. and I caught him in. Oh, I mean the more the main part of the story is I caught him in a lie because I was expecting a piece of mail like a package, um, and I said, oh, "Hey, yeah, can you come and get this? Have I got any mail? Have I got any packages?" Um, and he's like, "Oh no, you didn't get any mail." But he obviously didn't come and get my mail and water my plants the day he said he was going to. So. I'm sorry, Ben. It's fine. I'm sorry, because as I've heard uh, many people talk about us millennials, children are, are the new houses, pets are the new kids, and plants are the new pets. So it's like it's like losing a family member. I mean, yeah, seriously, and as someone <laughs> who's currently condo shopping in Chicago right now, I can tell you, actually, I bet it's a lot cheaper than a kid, so... Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I guess it depends. Ugh, a lot of money. Anyways, we're back. We're going to get right into it with the basketball so we can get this up, share some takes, and have them not evaporate in... I mean, they will evaporate in 24 hours, but so that they are only slightly less educated in 24 hours. Iowa lost to, to Duke last night. Um, and I think... To me, the concerning thing is, like, the offense. And that is incredible analysis, I recognize, but it, 
if the shots don't fall, the shot like it, it just grinds to a halt, and that is concerning considering Iowa was relying on Chris Murray and Peyton Sanford to be the two three point shooters, and away from home, they cannot buy a bucket. Peyton Sanford can't buy one anywhere. Going into the season, do you know what? Do you remember what I said? My biggest concern was about this team. You said you said shooting, and no, I'm I like, nah, oh. they'll figure it out. Um, hey, did I? I wasn't going to say something else. I was going to say a lack of a big. Oh, but did I say shooting? I I never understood. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think you said shooting. Okay. Maybe well, you said I will steal the valor then. <laughs> I know because uh, I was kind of a I, – I was a Rebracha hater. I was a Rebracha truther. Um, and maybe I said – I know I definitely said that's what doomed Iowa in the postseason last year was lack of a big. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah. If I did say shooting, I think it was the most predictable thing because – we saw so little of Sanford last year where we couldn't, de- I don't think any, it would have been fair to cl- declare him a shooter. And then it's not like Perkins was ever a shooter. Ulysses was never a shooter. Chris Murray. I don't know what his three, three point percentage last year was, but wouldn't, you know, quantify him as a shooter, especially as a six man off the bench. And you know, uh, Connor, I guess, I think you, you'll have to fact check me on this, but I think he might have the best three-point shot on the team right now. Uh, Pat hasn't really been doing much. I feel like he's we've seen a lot so far. What I'm seeing out of Pat uh, is a lot of what I saw out of him last year, which is just like one step away from being something truly elite. I think Pat does so much. And I want him to do so well. I want him to do – I don't know why. I think part of it is because I really like Fran and I don't like Connor that much or I haven't haven't liked Connor that much in the past. He's got one more year or, you know, I've got one more year left with him to really turn around on him. But I, Pat I always felt like is, you know, maybe the prince who we were promised um, out of McCaffrey, I suppose, whereas it kind of feels like now maybe Jack is and – like it, it feels like we're we're stomaching Fran. We're sticking with Fran to to wait and see what Jack um, does, you know. And I think the on the call last night, somebody was saying um, it was either Dick Vitale or the other guy who was saying that Jack is going to be the best McCaffrey. And I think it was Dick who stopped him and said, "No, Marge, <laughs> Marge was the best." Um, so that's just a funny little funny little uh, back and forth between them, but it, it feels like people are already writing off this team. I don't know if you want to hit on the Chris Murray in a walking boot news, um, but after watching like Illinois play Texas before Iowa and seeing what fucking Wisconsin is going to be Wisconsin again, Maryland fought back in that game, Indiana is going to could be, you know, one of the better Indiana teams of recent memory since um, the guy with the gigantic nose was there, Cody Zeller. Uh, it, it just, and I, I was like going back to, because people have written off Iowa last year. Um, yeah. And I was trying to like, look at the time. When did they write them off? Right. Write Iowa off. And when they 
change the the lineup and put Perkins in to start. But like, was it after they lost three in a row, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa State, or was it when they went on the five game win streak to end the season, won five out of six in late February? I feel like I feel like they made the change in mid January. But I'm remembering. I thought I, I thought Iowa went on like a six game win streak last year, and I'm not seeing that in the schedule. Do I have the right season up? Yeah, I do. No, I don't. I have- yeah, it was just a five game. It was just a five game winning streak. To your point. Okay, though. that's when it was. Um, they went to. Yeah, so I think they were written off twice, probably the Purdue Illinois Iowa State combination, and that was in part with the Keegan injury. Like, oh my gosh, if Keegan isn't going to, you know, how long is this thing going to linger? And then they were able to right the ship against Utah State. But really the the point where it kind of hit a, a boiling point, I'd say, is that Penn State game um, where Connor ironically found his shot and has not really lost it. He just hasn't shot that much, which I think is probably a bad thing, but I think he needs to do more. Um, but that's when they went to Perkins in the starting lineup was the Minnesota game. Um, they won eight of, they won eight of nine. That's what, okay. My stupid brain can't, wasn't able to figure it out (laughs) by looking at fucking Wikipedia. Yep. Yep. So, um, I want to hit on, I think maybe the biggest point. Sorry. I had to tend to a a child who, uh, it was me who's tending. You had to vamp a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I did a good job. <laughs> so, uh, you did, you did, and I think the one that is maybe most interesting is like the development of Pat because I do think of guys on this team, he has the highest ceiling in terms of hey, he can get better as a shooter. He's already got a lot of this stuff um, in terms of you know being able to dribble pass, likes to dunk, etc. I thought he showed some nice toughness last night. Um, after he always gets hurt, he always gets hurt, but he always gets back up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason you are such in Pat's corner and the reason that I, I was always like, ah, he could be, if he just did this, if he just did that to me, the kid beat cancer. Like, I don't think that that can be something that is forgotten in the story of Pat McCaffrey, just because it really it is so close to him and close to his family. And he deals with it every day having no thyroid. And I think that that's, you know, some of where, you know, I feel like an asshole. Oh, did you go out and enjoy the night before? No, he probably had a bad day because he gave his all the night before and he doesn't have a thyroid. He can't get it back up. So I think, um, he is someone who can definitely kind of be that third stool of the offense or the third leg of the offense with Chris and Perkins but to me it's it's not necessarily danger zone and I do think kind of maybe your your theme of it all is right off Iowa at your own risk because they will kind of figure it out and I think the the thing that does concern me though and I think it's a a point that we've made about the football team is we sit here 25, 30% of the way through the season and we look at where they're struggling and the makeup of the team now hasn't changed since 
the end of last season, they needed a shooter at the end of last season. And to not go out and get a bench shooter, it is basically akin to not going out and getting an offensive lineman at the end of last football season. And it's a little different, right? Because you can still generate offense a number of different ways. But to lose Bohannon, who is the first time we brought him up in a, a good minute, and Keegan, of course, um, you know, th- those are two shooters, the, one the most prolific, the other just an elite scorer. And Chris has proven that he can be very, very good. But what made Keegan elite was the consistency with which he was able to score to make himself open in spots where Iowa could get him the ball and things like that. So that has always kind of made this point in the slack, which is, hey, you have everyone is in a new role than they were last year with maybe save Patrick, maybe save Connor. But they're all acclimating to that in addition to acclimating as a team. So I think in some respect, like, Rebracha has stepped up. He missed some bunnies last night, and maybe that changes the course of the game. Um, but I think that it's going to be a more volatile team than I expected, and even when I was really optimistic kind of after two or three games. Um, but I do like that they didn't quit. I like that DeSante Bowen seems to have some stuff Like, he seems to have the juice, and I think there are tweaks that Fran can make to get this offense to click. Hopefully it happens (laughs) sooner than later, and hopefully, to your point, like, if Chris Murray has to miss the Iowa State game, it ends there, and they can go out and put all their eggs in kind of this week's basket against Wisconsin, which, for better or for worse, is kind of the this state of play right now. Yeah. You're able to help me gather what I was kind of trying to grasp. Um, It feels like we're seeing, I'm only seeing improvement out of two players at Iowa and which two players you think I'm thinking of. Uh, That, that returned from last year. I I think it's Rebracha. I think that's one. Rebracha's number one. Um, and I think Ulysses might be too. No, uh, is, I think Ulysses. I'll get to Ulysses in a second. No, my second one's gonna be Connor because Connor. Oh, okay, okay. And so when you're seeing the most improvement out of an undersized center, and then your sixth man, I don't think that's a place you want to be with Ulysses. I think it's just because we saw so little of Ulysses last year that maybe you're mm. thinking. And with Chris, you know, I'm hesitant to say he's improved. It's just that he didn't play, you know, as much. Last year, of course, he's improved some, but it's not like, you know, what his. It's been meteoric, and so it's just frustrating. I'm seeing it's what honestly, truly, kind of what we saw out of Peter Jock his entire tenure. We saw out of Joe, uh. out of Joe Toussaint his entire tenure, where they were great as freshmen, and they're like, all right, sky's the limit with these guys, and they just stagnated. Like you know, Pat. Uh, you know, Pat obviously got better freshman and sophomore year, but so far this year, I'm I'm seeing the exact same player Pat was last year as he was uh, this year. Same thing out of Perkins, same thing out of Ulysses. Um, honestly, Sanford kind of feels like he's taking a step back. 
even in an increased role. Uh, Bowen, I liked what I saw out of him last last night. Uh, am I missing anybody? I don't think I am. It, it's just fr- uh, a, Josh is a Gundalay and Dix. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Oh, joke. Uh, I was like, is that a dick joke you're making there? Um, <laughs> no, it's a Josh. Like both joke, those guys I mean. played so little last. Was Dix yeah. even on the team last year? No, I mean okay. he was a freshman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, so, I mean, yeah. or he's a freshman. Agundale looked slim, slimmer last night. Agundale has some really good moments. Yeah, like I, I think that he's probably someone Iowa Fran could stand to play maybe eight to ten minutes, especially as we get into the teeth of the Big Ten season. I do think I've seen improvement from Chris because, in the sense that he really just had the. Indiana game last year. Um, I think he showed a lot in the Seton Hall game. Like he went on kind of one of those stretches where um, he, like Keegan would do, where he'd go on like an eight point run by himself. I thought that that was really good from. Totally thought last from night Chris after he had Seton the back to back buckets. It's like, okay, I was back. I was like, oh, yeah. here we go. Mm-hmm. And then I think he um, scored only one more the rest of the game, maybe two more. Yeah. But really, he just has a, a less varied game, which means it's easier to defend and you know he he has I guess this is kind of an interesting statistic I have Ken Palm up he really hasn't increased in volume possession possession wise but he has gotten better at turnovers he's shooting a higher percentage of the shots when he's on the floor but it's not like he's gone from 18 percent to 28 percent of the shots he was shooting a ton of the shots when he was on the floor last year. He was shooting 25% of the shots. So, like, he's doing it over longer minutes, but he's still kind of playing how he played. More efficient in two. Um, and I do definitely think he looks like a more pure shooter than Keegan. So, I, I think that that's a step up. But with his game being more perimeter-oriented, it's just sometimes the shots don't fall and... He's got to do more to get going, whether it's trying to get into the lane, uh, you know, draw a foul, things like that. And I do think he'll have some some mismatches coming up, but they don't matter if he can't play, right? And I think that that's, that is a huge question as it stands right now. I was, and I think this is actually a bad stat. It's indicative of kind of how poorly I would play it overall. Do you know how many turnovers Iowa had last night? They played a clean game. Seven. <laughs> that is so, like, usually a hallmark of a Fran team is, like, 15 and winning the game by the seat of your pants. At seven turnovers, Iowa, that's kind of like a Iowa football stat where you turn it over so few, you win the game 80% of the time, you know, 90% of the time. Like, I couldn't believe when I looked at the box score last night, you know, the, obviously the – the thing that sticks out is, you know, just field goal percentage and three-pointers, even three throws, but they only got to the line 15 times, so it's whatever. Um, it's – and, like, Duke could be really, really good. Who knows? But it's just – They didn't play their best. Like, I, I think that's maybe what's most frustrating. It's not like Filipowski went out there and just, like, took over. Iowa lost to a, the, the best guard on the floor. What's new? Like, I mean like- – like at the end of the day. And one thing I do want to give credit to Chris too as well is he does genuinely make a concerted effort to try and impact the game without scoring 
when the shot isn't falling. But man, Iowa needs him to score. Like, I mean, I think that that's that, that's something I've said before. That's kind of what Fran said. Hey, we need him to be a twenty point scorer before he's a five assist guy. That was something he said at the beginning of the season. And credit to Chris, hell of a basketball player. He's been rebounding hard. He has been looking for open guys. Um, but let's fill it up. Let's fill it up. And what better way than at home, either against Iowa State or or Wisconsin? Are both those games at home? Shall we? Sh- yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. They are indeed. So, shall we talk about Port... Well, I guess the first thing... Since we've talked last, is Cade McNamara? Did we did we have any? No, I don't think he was. He's committed since we spoke last. Official? Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts that uh, you want to share? Love getting a quarterback coming off a knee surgery that takes <laughs> ten months to rehab when the football season is nine months away. <laughs> Do we know what injury it is? No, but the weird thing to me is like he didn't get surgery until November. And this yeah. the injury happened in the third week of the season. Yeah. So I know so that's a, like a normal thing for like an ACL tear. You wait six weeks for I don't know what the medical term is, but you usually wait a while until you get surgery. But uh. th- this is a 12 week deal it feels like he waited i don't know why i don't know i mean i don't know what it is but i mean fine honestly it's like cynically i see like spencer sanders enter the portal or um another quarterback whose name i can't think of right now not jt daniels because he stinks but somebody else it's like oh maybe i'd rather have spencer sanders than kate mcnamara but if kate mcnamara is recruiting michigan guys to Iowa, then I'm all for it. Um, I mean, it's guess we, what can you say other than we got what we wanted, which is a quarterback. I mean, for the most part, I wanted a new coaching staff or a new offensive coordinator at least, but I guess this is the next best thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that Cade McNamara coming on simply ticks a lot of boxes of like what Kirk Ferentz likes from quarterbacks like clearly a bright kid clearly team first um those are the first two how much he can actually change the system I mean who knows like I think what made him partially a running threat at Michigan was the fact that he was handing the ball off to genuinely incredible yeah and they and, and, and michigan and incredible spreads it out, yeah line. and michigan spreads it out wide so yeah like so so i think that obviously the tea leaves are like the the bud meyer connection um the fact that no one in his right mind would come into an iowa offense expecting an iowa offense but also kirk Ferentz with his press conference was like We've had success with these coaches in this scheme. So, who freaking knows? Like, I mean, I think that that's... I'm sorry, what, what is the Bud Meyer connection? Colorado? What? Uh, Bud Meyer recruited his brother 
to Colorado State. Okay, I mean that's even so, that's a little. Come on, that's a little six degrees of separation for me. Hey, hey, I, I guess I'm Charlie from It's Always Sunny, but I mean that, that that's allegedly what it is. Um, I just don't know how much more changes we're gonna see. Like, if I gave you over under two point five. No, 1.5 staff changes, and by that I mean hires. So, 2 out, 1.5 out, 1.5 in. Do you take the over or under? So, if Barnett leaves and we get somebody else, does that count as one or two? That would be one. I think we see... I think we see one. I think Barnett... This is still, I think this is still me wish casting. I think we see, but I guess if it hasn't happened by now, I do they wait to the bowl game for this? I don't know. But like, when did, let me finish. Um, I think Barnett's gone. And I think Brian is, becomes co-offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. And Bud Meyer, somebody else is, becomes co-offensive coordinator too. And quarterbacks coach. But I actually, yeah, but the, but the thing is, too. I really don't think that either. I, I, I really, <laughs> I really think it becomes, but Barnett is the sacrificial lamb for better, for better, or for worse. And Brian maybe gives up quarterback coach duties and becomes co and Bud Meyer becomes co-offensive coordinator, QB coach. Brian stays co-offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that whenever a coaching change can happen to expect the least inspiring thing out of Kirk Ferentz. And I think that that's 100% it. But like, there's also the case, and this is where I'm just, I am Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny Philadelphia, just like the lines. Like, I go back to Brian's initial hire when it happened after the Super Bowl, because he was coaching on a team in the Super Bowl. And it happened in conjunction with Ken O'Keefe conveniently finding a NFL job. And there's another position to fill, I think, as well, that basically left the opening for only offensive coordinator QB coach. And who wants that job? Who wants the job to be between the head coach and his son, like it ended up happen, happening. Some caretaker like Greg Davis who just wants to wait until he can start cashing uh, social security checks. So we're faced with a similar situation, I think it happens on the NFL timeline, which would basically mean you get Barnett. The NFL you, timeline is... Barnett stays. Always. But yeah, keep going. But... Brian finds some job, some NFL job after the NFL season. Do you really believe that? Which means do you really, really Bud Meyer slides through it. In your heart of hearts, do you really believe that? Um, I don't know. I think Gary Barter should give him a fundraiser job for $100,000 and tell him, hey, you want to live in Iowa City for the rest of your life? Do that. Okay, but he's making 800000 now. And if he says no, he'll continue to make eight hundred thousand dollars. So like, 
then then you're fired. Like I mean, that that's me wish casting. But to me, the the least inspiring thing is staff stays 100% the same until Brian leaves under the cover of darkness on an NFL timeline. Bud Meyer slides into offensive coordinator, QB coach. I, I just don't. I just like I just wish they did it now. Like this is this was the case for Iowa to go five and seven. You're pulling teeth. That's right. At the like, beginning of the year, I said we're going to need a disastrous season to see any sort of changes. What we got was same old Iowa. Game away from from the West, the West Crown, which I guess leads me to uh, I'm going to tee you up for this, Ben. A delightful tweet that I sent you, and I told you we could talk about this for an hour, um, since deleted. So what, what's it say? From Tyler Barnes, who, what's his official title? Recruiting coordinator? Uh, director of recruiting, I think is what his official title is. I don't have is, the yeah. timestamp this was sent out. Do you know when it was? Was it directly after or the morning after the Big Ten Championship game? I'm almost certain it was the morning after. Okay. To quote, wait, 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 ellipses. In the Big Ten title game, the winning QB was 11 for 17 for 161 yards and three TDs and just one interception. But all I hear is how these dudes want to go places where they just line up five wide and sling it. Am I missing something? Lots of ways to win games. Well, it's a lot of ways to lose games, too. And also, when's the last time Iowa beat Ohio State? Well, when Iowa beat Ohio State, what did they do? They lined up five wide. They fucking slung it. Slung it. (laughs) Which is something I just thought about. Yeah, like I said, the layers to this thing are just genuinely hilarious. the The first one that comes to mind for me is. Yes. Guess what? The the wide receiver who overlaps between Tyler Barnes' employer and the team that Michigan played left to go to a place where they line up five wide and sling it. And part of him going over to Purdue, Charlie Jones. Honestly, this was a point you made last week. It saved their season. Who is catching 100 passes if not Charlie Jones? From Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> so, like, yeah, people want to do that. But ultimately, people want to play, offensive players want to play in productive offensive systems. It doesn't matter. Like, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And what this glosses over is everything that J.J. McCarthy brings. Like, J.J. McCarthy, I think, ran for, like, close to 400 yards. Let me make sure I get my stats correct here. Um, okay, that was an exaggeration. 254 yards. You know, he and, and uh, Spencer Petras are probably tied with touchdowns, four, um, because Spencer Petras is the ultimate vulture uh, on QB sneaks. But ultimately, like, guys just want to go where they can produce, whether it's lining up five wide and slinging it or being in, you know, a complimentary football offense in the modern time, modern time complimentary football, but they're still putting up points. Like they put up 44 points 
Yeah. That is something very convenient to forget. J.J. McCarthy threw 60% of the touchdown passes in that game than Petrus did all year. Petrus threw five yes. touchdown passes this year. Like, that's is that's not productive. Uh, the what, what would you call it? It's not, What's the opposite of hubris? Ignorance? Oh, uh, what? What Barnes... No, it's, it's humility. Okay. But, like, you're saying misguided hub- hubris? Like, what is... I don't know. what I don't know what emotion. I don't know what Greek word I would use to describe the condescension. Maybe condescension, I guess, in... Was, was it Barnes yeah. or was it somebody else, too, who tweeted... I think this might even be two summers ago now about negative recruiting. And I think um, it was actually directly tied to... Yeah, that was Barnes. It was Barnes. And I think it was tied directly to um, the tight end recruit who ended up going to Auburn, which, ha, have fun have fun now, buddy, whose name I can't... Uh, I think it was, was Fedone. Was that his name? No, it was Micah... Well, I don't want to. I don't uh, remember. I don't want to remember, guys. Like so I already forgot. Um, it just, it's, you know, honestly, what I wanted to see, I would have. Hmm, I was about to say, I want, I would have liked to have seen that tweet out of Brian Ferentz's account, but it's like Brian, yeah, Brian's so goddamn toxic that <laughs> we'd be ripping him to shreds too. The other thing that cracked me up about the tweet and this was the first thing that i had because it's not that iowa is committed to running the football they're committed to passing or excuse me to balance within an offense in terms of run pass split disagree like disagree they're committed they're committed to protection if that you're right you're 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 right You're right in that respect, but like from a run pass split standpoint, they aren't committed to any that they could have. There was a point in the Nebraska game where I'm like, they should not pass the ball again. They shouldn't. And it was before Spencer Petrus got injured. Just run the ball. Just do it. But no, because they're Iowa, they're committed to, oh, are you going to run or are you going to pass? If only it mattered that that deception um but to to kind of counter barnes's point iowa has only only had three games since 2017 where they have passed for less than 20 times against Rutgers earlier this year illinois last year oh that game and then minnesota in 2020 nine for 18 they score. They threw nine, only one touchdown nine for eighteen in twenty twenty. Oh my! In those God. three games, yeah. Illinois twenty twenty one was six of eighteen with uh, Padilla. There were a lot of drops that game. That was but, a Charlie Jones uh, game. And only once, yeah, it was. It was. And then um, only once they put up more than uh, twenty points on offense. So, hey, I, I this is something we've always said. We delight in Joe Stocko lines and what J.J. McCarthy did in the Big Ten title game. Ultimate Stocko. Ultimate Stocko. I, bring more Stockos to Iowa football, please. That's all I ask. Because it means you're winning and you're, and you're running the ball down someone's throat. What's not fun about that? So I think 
last week I asked what was sort of the Iowa football doomsday scenario. And I, I even wrote a blog about it. And oh, you did. we're one week after now, one week after having that conversation. Are, does it seem like you're, you were a little more, you're much more sunshine and butterflies than I was. Do you, who at one, I think we should do this for each, each time we go on the pod now. Who, which scenario are we closer to, yours or mine now? Um, you know, we might be closer to yours in terms of losing dudes on defense. And that's where I wanted to go with this. I don't mean that, yeah, uh, and I don't mean that like, oh, Iowa can't replace them. Iowa will be able to replace Justin Jacobs and Terry Roberts in some form or fashion. But the net talent drain that's occurring on defense when you factor those two into Jack Campbell, Riley Moss, Kayvon Merriweather, Seth Benson, Noah Shannon maybe. But really, uh, the guys in the back seven, I think, are, are probably more important. But, but, but still, losing seven contributors off of a defense, we trust in Phil Parker. The defense is still going to be good, but... A top 25 defense alongside a bottom 10 offense is doomsday because that would be going from a top two or three defense down 20 slots. And, you know, I mean, Michigan State, Penn State, like those are games Iowa could lose. I mean, they have a better chance of winning them than Ohio State, Michigan, but. So, like, my thing is, I look at, I'm even a little more optimistic than you in this way. Like, I can stomach, I mean, Keegan Johnson, I had mentally prepared for in September. Uh, Arlen Bruce, little disappointing, not surprising. Uh, Alex Padilla, Petrus, I mean, kind of good riddance. Um, Reggie Bracey, fine. Even Justin Jacobs, it's like, okay, you got hurt two years in a row. Sorry. But Terry Roberts, Terry Roberts, who was poised to be CB1 on a team that has put out three three All-American corners in the past 10 years, uh, uh, four, yeah. four if you count um, – Riley Moss, uh, four, or no, six, if you count second-team All-American honors, because Desmond King and Moss both got second-team once, right, in addition to first-team? Or am I misremembering? Okay, so, yeah, accolades, yeah. yes. Um, all guys playing between uh, uh, buh, 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 Josh Jackson, uh, King, uh, Moss, will be all guys will be playing on Sundays. Geno Stone has been playing a lot. Amani Hooker has been playing a lot. Dane Belton. Dane Belton. My God, how could I forget him? Why do you think Terry? Because my in my brain, I'm thinking Cooper to Jean's moving back to cash. Um, if Robert stays, is Terry is Terry Roberts that scared of Jamari Harris, where he doesn't want to go and compete and win the job that he excelled. He was so good. 
this year. Like that, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I think. And like another thing too, I want to say is like, okay, maybe, you know, the counter be like, all right, what if LSU is in his ear? What if Alabama is in his ear? What if Georgia is in his ear? It's like, that's not going to help his draft stock. Like he still, he would still be a, a first day guy, right? If he f- shut things down at Iowa, like we're going to see Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, right? Probably go in the first round. Like, are, are we now? Is he now thinking between instead of pick number twenty five, he'll be pick fifteen? Like, I don't think he's thinking that. Do you? No, I think it's some combination of things. I think that was first on this in terms of like if you get. You can only stomach so many injuries and stomach going through the process of being injured at a place before you just want to get out of there. Like, I think in some ways there's a case for like the CJ Frederick kind of deal there. Uh, I think everything's been above board with, with Terry Roberts. So like, I'm not going to, Connecting those dots is unfair, but like, I think that that's part of it is, hey, I've been in this room for the last two years. So if memory serves, he's injured for much of last year too. So um, I think that's part of it. I think the part of it is, I don't see DeGene necessarily going back to, to cash. I think he's a cornerback. So it is him or Harris and Harris was cornerback number two. Uh, coming into the season, probably would have been cornerback number two uh, coming out. No, I, Harris was number three. I don't think it was Roberts was out. No, he was Roberts was always two. No, Harris Harris got injured, and that's why Roberts started, as I recall. I don't think that's right. Yeah. Okay. You can okay. look this up, but I don't think that's right. But I think. Okay. But I think some of it is not wanting to see someone you're with every day get injured and that's the reason you play um because maybe it would have shaken out that DeGene's back and you know they shake it up find the best five put them in the spots they excel the best at but um I think that factors into it distance from home probably some element um you know if he can go back to Penn State he probably would be, I don't know how high he would end up getting drafted at Iowa versus Penn State, but I do think there's probably a higher ceiling if it if there is, you know, legacy stuff like that. Um, I don't know. And sometimes kids just want to do something new. Like, I mean, I think one of my dad's friends, he, he put it in such a way, and I think you have this sentiment as well, is like, the way Terry Roberts played was just so fun. And he was like, not just like a, a cult hero in some respect, but everyone loved the way he played. And it sucks to lose a guy like that. Because you just wanted to, to remember him as a really good Hawkeye. And now he's going to go somewhere else and, you know, re- rewrite in some respect the, the legacy he had at Iowa. Am I am I misinterpreting what you're saying? No, I guess this is maybe to reuse, misuse a word for the second time in a podcast, hubris on my part, thinking I just can't wrap around my brain 
why somebody would want to leave a, a defensive back, a corner, yeah, want to leave Iowa to go. I mean, what Kayvon Merriweather's about to go get drafted. Um, fucking what's this Kerner of all guys is playing, you know, yeah, <laughs> right now, like <laughs> nothing against him, but like, I mean, would you have expected him? Uh, the, but then, you know, the counter to that is, you know, who I watched a ton of, uh, and maybe for better or for worse, you know, who I watched a ton of on Saturday and couldn't believe it, completely forgot about him. Who? Julius Brents. Oh, yeah. Completely yeah. forgot about him. And like, kind of, I mean, he got picked on and he also made some good plays too. So is he an NFL player? I don't know. Um, I, and that's funny because I watch a lot of Kansas State this year too, and I don't even remember uh, Brent's at all. But he just kept on getting picked on by Duggan, an, another Iowa guy—not an Iowa guy, but an Iowa guy, if you know what I mean. A guy from Iowa. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess it just makes me sick. What the, his two, both of Roberts' tweets today were offer from you and I, like fucking kill me. And then oh, yeah. if I see him play for Penn State next year, I'm just going to be so beside myself. I know, I know. I was wondering, like, because it's in it's in Happy Valley next year. I was wondering, like, what what's it, what would it have been like if it were at Iowa? Like, you think people are? I like, yeah, Terry. I'd boo him. I'd boo. Scary I'd, Terry. I'd boo the shit on him. <laughs> I would boo the mother ever loving fuck out of him because, and that's the thing. If we played for Minnesota, even maybe if we played for Wisconsin. I might be able to forgive it, but Penn State, like, you want to go and get shit on by Michigan and Ohio State and get beat up in the tunnel by Michigan State? Like, why do you want to go do You want to go live in Happy Valley? I don't, ugh. I just hate He's from Erie, so. I don't so, know enough about the state of Pennsylvania, but I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I guess... Are there any? Uh, do you want to make any other bad predictions? Do you if do you think we've seen all of the defections, all of the attrition we're gonna see? Did we did we uh, lose a Williams? Did we lose a Gavin Williams? Am I making that up? Oh yeah, Gavin Williams. But Lashawn stayed. Lost him. Yeah, I mean, as long yeah. Lashawn as long as Caleb stays, honestly, I don't care what happens to the running back room. Truly. Yeah, you need Caleb. I li- I like Lashawn. Like I think I like the- Lashawn. I like Jazz, the true freshman. Yeah. Um so you know, I think they're they're in good shape there. I mean, wide receivers like as I've said yeah, that's in bad. the past like that's if bad. they lost Brecht, that would be damning, but like he should be a number one guy. I uh, I just I'm kind of fascinated by or not a number one guy, but you know, I mean, he's in the mix as as far as you know, being being a Football player, but they still probably need to recruit behind him because they absolutely have to. They have to get. He's not they long need to for get this world. Six receiver, they need to get player. six receivers in the portal. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, offensive line. I mean, I, I think if you start at Iowa, you should probably want to stay at Iowa. But yeah, well, if you start at Iowa this year, not. where do you think you're going to start next year? <laughs> Truly. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, honestly, um, somebody, I don't know if it was on Twitter or in Slack, it's like, oh, people are saying Britt might leave. It's like, I know, I, I'm being crass, but like, who? Because I said this before, yeah. all five of the, for 
for wrong for the wrong reasons, all f- Iowa had five faceless, nameless offensive linemen this year because all five of them did the same fucking thing, which was very little. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, though, like, uh, Matt posted the Terry Roberts practice film. Another thing I want to talk in, about, but yeah, continue. Uh, the slack. Uh, just playing the hits on, on that, like... <laughs> Just a horrible throw that Scary Terry picks off. Um, just a snap that goes awry. Just like a horrible telegraphed tunnel screen. Just every everything bad that we saw on the football field, it was bad happening in practice. It's like, oh my God. I, I've got a lot of questions. Do you think he was given permission to use that film where he did Yes. Have, have we ever seen... A player post practice film before. I don't think I've ever seen Iowa practice film before in my entire life. Um the the wide receiver Desmond Hudson, <laughs> I think is his name, who went to UNI. I remember that very specifically because it it did seem weird to be posting it on Twitter. It felt very weird. I'm surprised that isn't just something you're just not sending to. Take. And the last thing um, is Robert says five full games against Big Ten competition. One of those games was Ohio State, which he played in admirably, as well as he could have given what the offense was doing. And then he he had a there's at at least between the last year and the year before another handful of moments where he could with, with real broadcasting and real HD cameras and real yeah anything <laughs> like why are you pe- po- that's like me that would be like me posting a weightlifting Instagram using a 35 pound bar to, I don't know what I'm, I'm and not to say I'm like a weightlifter or anything, but I'm just like trying to think about no, I know you're something saying. to do. I mean, people do that, uh, you know, show progress, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's, it's just hilarious. Like I, I'm, I'm surprised he he shared it on the interweb and not in, uh, you know, like a Dropbox or something. But maybe he thought Twitter was going away. But yeah, I th- maybe I think they they let them do that. Um, but I am surprised to see it on on uh, internet because like discussion around like Reggie Bracy, where's that guy gonna go? And he doesn't. He doesn't have any film, even though, like, I think he maybe played in a handful of snaps here and there. You know, when Iowa had the rare blowout. <clears throat> but it's like he'll he'll have his practice film. He probably looks good in it. Like, I mean, that's the that's the thing about these defensive backs. You know, you look great going against an Iowa offense. Yeah, most most people do. Was there any any uh, final thing that that you wanted to touch on? I feel like it was such a flawless transition from the Barnes. Oh, the bowl game. I was about to say, do we even want to talk about the bowl I, game? I almost said. <laughs> <laughs> I have two questions about the bowl game. Um, one, do you think we see Christopher? And two, can you believe that the over-under for this here bowl game is uh, below the Army-Navy game? 31 and a half. What is the Army Navy game? Yeah. 32. Oh my God. Fucking kill me. So is yeah. Deuce not number two? He's their number three. I think I saw where he's like, let me, let me see. 
Let me see. While you're, while was, you're looking it up, was, uh, while you're looking up, and I think you did bring this up in Slack, so I'll steal your valor, is Iowa finds itself in the position that it hypothetically yeah. Iowa literally finds itself in the position this year that they hypothetically found themselves in last year where Padilla and Petrus were both hobbled and somebody asked him about starting their third string quarterback who at the time was Christopher Deuce Hogan and Kirk said they would have stayed at home <laughs> now Iowa has Padilla and P- Petrus out with an arm injury and has Petrus declared for the portal too I think he's, I think he, I, I think Kirk said something in his uh, uh, press conference to the effect that he does not expect Petrus to pursue football outside of college football. He may, yeah. could be a practice squad yeah, guy, got, something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they got teams in China. Um, Padilla's transferring out, and so now we're left with what would have been Deuce Hogan's job last year. <laughs> And Deuce Hogan last year was a clear number three, whereas this year, I feel like it's less clear between Labus and May, right? I mean, it's probably Labus because he's got one more year in the program, but yeah, neither of them have played at all. Yeah, I was definitely thinking about the the Nebraska comments in, in this context. I think that the major difference, though, is like I think what happened last year was the ones and twos were able to go enough and then they got sick on like third uh Wednesday or Thursday. So like it, it, Hogan would have been put in their cold. Um this is different because they have 3 4 weeks to sort out <clears throat> who they want to be the sacrificial man. Um but it doesn't mean they can't figure out, you know, 10 plays that the kid feels comfortable with. Um and then just try and run the ball into the ground, like, like I said before, punt it away. Um, you know, win it thirteen to ten, and hope. And really, what it's going to come down to is Kirk or Brian or whomever is going to be telling Iowa's quarterback, "Hey, the other guy is in the same position as you. Don't make a mistake; he will." And I don't know if that's going to have a labus or or may clam up. But that's going to be Iowa's mindset with this thing. Because, yeah, I'm looking and I think Hogan got passed by um, a redshirt freshman and a freshman. So uh, maybe Kirk's assessment of Christopher was correct. Bummer. And did Levis, did he declare for the draft or the portal? Sorry, did you say? I... No, draft. Okay. Draft. Draft. <sighs> I watched not a ton of Kentucky football this year, but he, I think he's projected to be one of the first three QBs taken. I don't see that. I don't understand that at all. I just don't. If I understood it, I don't. Okay. I think it's just I, I, big guy, big arm. So does Petrus. Interest, <laughs> in, interesting enough outside the pocket. Okay. Like, Petrus is not interesting like, anywhere. <laughs> so, like, I do think the the comp is probably something like a poor, poor, poor man's Josh Allen. That would be kind of okay if I'm Please. a. But I mean, that's who who these guys are trying to find. I want I want tore Josh right? Allen the threads. Is, People forget that. So they yeah. did. 
They did indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, this his stats are really just like. Okay, all right, I've got something, Ben. What? Um, I'm. I think I have a. A who was it? We'll see. We'll see. This will be a good thing to close on. All right. Um, 2,900 yards, 7.4 yards per attempt, or 2,800 yards, 8 yards per attempt. Who was who? Will Levis, Nate Stanley. Um, it was Nate Stanley. Which one was Nate Stanley? The la- the second guy you said, the last guy. That was Lee. Fuck me. Like, the stats this guy put up are just not that compelling. No, which is why I thought it was Nate I mean, Stanley. Three, 376, <laughs> 376 rushing yards last okay. year. That's a number. Yeah. That's a number. Um, and that, that, but the passing, uh, maybe, maybe there's a reason I was recruiting him. Uh, honestly, yeah. Way back in the day. I guess I do want to leave you with one question. Yeah. Who is your dream replacement hire at Purdue? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it it would be Mike Leach if it's like the Dude, dream dream. I mean, one, why? Two. Realistically, they're going to get the Western Kentucky guy again. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, worked last time. What's his name? I don't, I don't okay. even know. Will Travers? Oh, my no, God. No, no. Um, let's see. Let's see. Can we interest you in a Cause, slightly... Cause you're asking... Slightly use Brian Ferentz. Tyson Helton. No, it's too... It's too... Uh, Is that related to Clay Helton? Enough job. Oh, no. Is he... Oh. The nepotism in this sport is truly, like, un... I don't know. I'm sure it's like all other industries, but holy hell. Like, I was seeing... I saw... Um. Yep. Yep. It is. <laughs> I uh. I saw. I, don't I saw Nebraska retweet. It's like, welcome, Coach Satterfield, to the Nebraska staff. I was like, Scott Satterfield is leaving his job to go to the OC at Nebraska. And then I saw, no, he's just got a fail son, who's got who's an offensive coordinator <laughs> at one directional Florida school. It's like, holy hell, what is going on? Incredible. Incredible. Well, I mean, it's it's good work if you can get it to be a fired college football. I'm. I think nothing better. I'm just people. jaded because my dad wouldn't hire me and won't hire me to work for him. But it's neither here nor there. Uh no, it's it's 100 going to be this this Western Kentucky guy. God, incredible, incredible. Um. 
Do, do you have a dream hire, or were you just asking for Purdue? I mean, I don't. Thinking. Dream hire would be somebody shitty because fuck Purdue. But yeah, Jim Leonard, <laughs> hire him. Yes, I, honestly, no. Iowa can defend against those. Play I wouldn't. Games. I wouldn't want Jim Leonard because in three years those chickens would come home to ro- come home to roost. I think it'd be two years of growing pains and three year three. I mean, kind of like Mike Leach, I guess. Um, but it, uh, gun to my head, like. I don't know enough about Purdue. Honestly, I was thinking guys who already got jobs, Purdue is a better job. Kevin Wilson went to some place, uh, and Tom Herman went to was it USF? I don't know. Um, those would have been two guys. I think would I think Tom Herden would have been fucking a bonkers great hire for Purdue if they got ahead of it. The maybe the most inspired one that they could do would be if they were able to get the Ohio State wide receiver coach. Who's that? Brian Harlow. Oh, that's a good one, but he's an OSU guy. I think he's staying there. He'll probably he might take the offensive coordinator yeah. job now. That now that Kevin Wilson's gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would make too much sense. But that that would be like if if they're going to try and find like a, a not a diamond in the rough cuz obviously like it's Ohio State like a diamond in the diamonds like the recruiting that the guy has, but it's also how you know how much easier it is to recruit to Ohio State than it is to Purdue. I'm well aware. I was I, I didn't. Uh, this has already been an hour, but I was going to be like, I wanted to say like, off, wouldn't you rather be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State than the head coach at Purdue? That's yeah, a good I question. Mean, Probably, yeah, yeah. and especially if you went to Ohio State too, like, it's a no brainer. Because if if you do really well there, where where did Wilson go? But I mean, he's, he's Kevin Wilson, bad, so not really Tulane, but a school like that. Oh, Tulsa. Oh, TU. I had it. I was right. Um. Oh my God, Tulsa sucks. Hmm. Ugh. You would much rather be Purdue than Tulsa. Tulsa is fine. You uh, Tulsa's a big city. Um. Yeah, I've been hearing. Relative to where I'm at, how warped is my perspective? Have you been to Tulsa? Yeah, it's totally fine. It's just like a big suburb. Two things about Tulsa. One, I've got a second cousin who lives there, and every time I see him, he says it's the next Austin, um, which, cool. And two, (laughs) did you know more ballerinas come out of Tulsa than any other city in the United States? What a fact. Yep. We're in there. I did not know that. So, good for yep. Tulsa. Incredible. Incredible. All righty, Ben. Uh, any final thoughts other than uh, that fact about Tulsa? Score prediction for Iowa State tomorrow? Oh, boy. Uh, probably like 74, 68 Iowa State. Is this a good Iowa State team? I just don't know about Chris. I don't know if I was, was going to be question. ready. And they're they're the exact same as last year. Okay, Iowa State fans will change okay. that, but like, okay. So it's good, not great. So, yeah. so so are they over? Are they <laughs> yeah. overranked? What aren't yeah. they? 14, 13, 18? No, I think they're twenty. They're they're properly ranked okay. for the resume of the wins that they had when they. They won. Like, they beat UNC, but that UNC team is shaky. Uh, and they beat Villanova, and that Villanova team's shakier. Mm. 
and um, who else did they beat? They beat St. John's, fine. I will, I will beat Seton Hall, cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, those are the, the two wins that they had. Lost to Connecticut by 18 points. Really? So, yeah. Bummer. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Well, Ben, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been fun, real. I think so. Talk to you later. Good old fuck state. <laughs>